tell me where the two of you are today. You're in Steve's living room again? We are. No, we are in my kitchen, uh, which is also very white. Um, lots of white cabinets and clear glass and lots of breakable things. Um, Dan hasn't broken anything yet, but it's early. Just your heart. Just, just, just my heart. Yeah, he does that a lot. My kitchen's not looking so good today. Not going to lie. I have Dan. Dan, why don't you give a kind of overview of what you're looking at here? It's a war zone in here. I'm, I'm like, going to keep my mouth shut. I'm assuming your wife isn't there. She's not here. There's a there's a box that held the flowers that are in the vase. I don't know why the box wasn't thrown out. Um, I'm not a neat freak. Like it's not uh, it's it's not a thing I am. Uh, you know, but that's that's just me. I I don't know. Dan, are you a neat freak? You're not a neat freak. Not a neat freak. Not a neat no, freak. Not but a neat you like you like some form of neatness. No. No. Tom. No. Yeah, I'm a Tom, ma- you're more I'm a of a neat freak. neat freak. Yeah, you are. I, 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 it's not in my nature, but I think it's in yours. So why don't we? Why don't we get into it? Should we? Uh, I'm realizing now that we have Charity and Luke on here, but I don't think we have a final total. We should actually look that up as uh, before we begin or through. Do we have a final Charity total? Well, you're the one that's been managing the charity. Right. So I don't know why you're looking at me for it. I, I, yeah, you're right. I, I think I was more looking at you to see if you might have had a little bit more uh, more, more info on that. But maybe we'll go... This is the figure that the amount you raised for charity last year, would, would this be? The, the, the amount was uh, just about $25,000 that we raised for the Stopgap Foundation. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was unbelievable. I mean, we have a huge thank you to go to a few of our... Uh, a few of our alumni that, that that supported that. Actually, many of our alumni supported the Stopgap Foundation at Fireside last year, but it was really, you know, a few that came in really, really big um, between Ted Graham and Aaron Graham. Um, of course, Andrew uh, Warner, Mohamed Farzuni, uh, and, and a few others, uh, you know, just huge kudos to, to them. Um, Dan, why don't you talk a little bit about what our what like what does the charitable component of Fireside like normally look like? Uh, and maybe we can kind of brainstorm some ideas for this year. But w- w- what have we done? Well, this is something that we started doing in our second year. We worked originally with the Upside Foundation, who themselves are not a charity, but they work in support of charities. So if you don't know about the Upside Foundation, they're an incredible organization. They ask young startups to pledge one percent of the company early on in their founding when they are effectively worthless and 1% is nothing and means nothing, they ask you to pledge 1% of that equity to charity. They don't have a specific charity that they ask you to work with. You can decide on the charity. But the idea is that at some point, 5, 10, 15 years in the future, when you eventually have a liquidity event, whether it's an IPO or you sell, that 1%, which at the time that you gave it was worthless, could potentially be worth tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars wasn't ways like it it might not have been for upside but it might have been one of the i think inspirational pieces that started here but i believe that when ways sold to google it was actually a humongous exit that that uh certainly benefited charity in in, in that respect um I'll i put- think you're right about ways i don't recall but i know like for example here in the toronto community there's been a tremendous number of startups that have taken the pledge right 
uh, huge startups that I know for a fact, like uh, I know Wealthsimple is in there. I know that Zoom AI, um, Haba, a few other great ones. So that's amazing. So last year, uh, just kind of as a primer to those listening, we decided to not only work with Upside Foundation, uh, a few uh, episodes before we talked about working with the Red Door Shelter. Uh, we also worked with the Stopgap Foundation. So Luke Anderson's an amazing individual uh, who's so inspirational. And, uh, you know, we we decided to work with Stopgap because, you know, we really believe in what they're doing. So Stopgap actually uh, provides uh, ramp, kind of small ramps that, that are built uh, to essentially help between the gap between um, generally a street uh, street front or a sidewalk up to the entrance of a store. So those little ramps um, really help uh, wheelchair and accessibility access into those storefronts, um, uh, you know, in, in a way that other uh, other technologies, you know, really haven't been able to uh, uh, be there to help, uh, you know, building technologies and whatnot. So basically they come in, they do a build, they build out one of these small ramps to actually allow wheelchairs to, to uh, access the store, which is great. So last year we raised just about $25,000 through our live auction, which was amazing. Um, and we're so excited to do something again this year. We don't know uh, necessarily who we're working with, but uh, of course, Luke and uh, the Stopcat Foundation will definitely uh, be invited to, to, to be back and attend and, and be part of the fireside festivities for 2018. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the Upside Foundation website. It's actually incredible to see the number of member companies that are Fireside alumni. So Empty Cubicle, Eric Riz is a member. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing Hubba, which is a Fireside alumni. I actually think they work out of the Hubba. I think Upside I, and... Yeah. I think you're correct. Um, I, I saw a whole bunch, but now this... Uh, this little element here is going too fast. Uh, Gugioza, which is Edith's, yep. uh, she's a Fireside alumni. Needles, uh, our Fireside alumni. Of course, we're we're uh, big fans of Mr. Hartsman. Sensibil, Fireside alumni. Willful, Fireside alumni. Luck, Second Chance. So I think we've done a pretty good job at Fireside every single year. We ask people that can't contribute to the main live auction charity fundraiser to pledge and join Upside Foundation. So it's incredible to see how many oh bark uh, barkney app feedback app it the the list really goes on and on. It, so. it, I mean the reason too why there are so many companies on there is it really is such a small pledge at the beginning right one percent of your company as you said before um, and and basically putting that aside and saying we're going to do great things with with this with this company and and in so doing we're going to do great things for charity um, and Fireside is a member yes we are a member. Um, and hopefully, you know, one day. So I guess that's the update on kind of our community piece for this week. Uh, any other community charity pieces that maybe I'm not thinking of? I think that's probably it. Um, well, what are we going to do this year to top it? Well, What's our goal this year? Tom, why do, I mean, first off, let me ask you, Tom, what did you think of the, kind of the whole charity aspect our Saturday evening silent auction we did throughout the weekend the saturday evening how do you think that went last year i think it went well um i didn't maybe pay as much attention as a as as, as an attendee just because were, we were, were you busy backstage busy rehearsing backstage, running especially around the actual auction because we were literally learning songs before we played them so we did uh, essentially we do our fireside auction fireside style um what does that mean well i think i just said three words back to back that didn't really make sense 
without contact. So the fireside auction essentially is our way of raising an amazing amount for charity um, by essentially giving prizes as part of a live auction. But the way the fireside auction works is that you are committed to the highest bid that you make. So let's say, for instance, we give away a deluxe cabin at Fireside for six guests. Uh, let's say you bid $1,000 for that, and Daniel comes along and bids $1,400 for that. No matter what, if I win or lose, I am committed to my highest bid. So if $1,000 is my highest bid, even if I don't win that prize, I'm still committed to actually paying that $1,000 to charity. Um it really does create an interesting vibe uh, where uh, losers are still winners for charity um, and, uh, and and no one wants to be a loser when it comes to the prize. So people just seem to kind of uh, up, up the bids and know that uh, once they're in for a certain amount, they're, they're going all the way. So actually two years in a row, I have to say that I think who's probably been our number one contributors probably been Ted Graham in terms of Ted yeah, and I was thinking Ted Ted as and well. Graham just in terms of contributions, not, not necessarily just on dollar amounts, but first one to put up their hand, um, you know, first one to want to contribute. Um, so thank you so much, uh, to them. And so, what, so um, and so what are some other examples of, of, uh, auction prices from last year? The, 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 the deluxe cabin, but what, what else was, on offer. Well, we had our our live auction, which encompassed a, the a poster. Couple, yeah, the po- oh yeah, the poster, which also came with a private deluxe cabin and tickets to Fireside, and then we raffled, we auctioned off a few more tickets to Fireside, but we also had a silent auction. Right. So the silent auction was much more like prizey. They were much more uh, tangible things. Also, you know, gift cards and things like that. Um, so what were silent and, auctions? Well, we had artwork, artwork. returning Fireside alumni, Robert Karras. I think he bought every piece of artwork that we had on display there in the silent auction. Well, so thank you, Robert, for Bobby, as I like to call you, for helping us raise uh, quite a lot of money for an amazing, amazing organization. Which is funny, though, because when uh, so so Daniel was kind of in charge of, of helping us get some great silent auction items. What was that? We worked with a great company. I forget. Uh, what was the name of the company we worked with to help? Help us source some of those great silent auction items. BB Authenticated. BB Authenticated. Where okay, did, so where did you get the um, uh, the Echo Show? Was it the Echo Show? The the those we purchased. Okay. No. Oh no, those we did not purchase. Oh, we didn't purchase. Ah. Them. No, you know we didn't purchase. Oh, okay. Can, Canadian. How would we have purchased Amazon them? Goods? I thought we wanted. I, oh, I thought. Oh, I, I I I didn't know. I don't know. Go on. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> Ten minutes in, Rudy. Tell me, tell me. But but why did why did you just? Because I wasn't sure to me. Like, why are you putting on an act for the I, podcast? I'm not putting on an act. I wasn't sure. Tom, if, he just he. I wasn't to sure me if the source secretly, I, that that he knew I, while <laughs> trying to get me to like go along with whatever scheme I, he's trying. I to I wasn't make. sure if the source of our Echo Dots was like a like a known source. Not only was it a known source, but we were we were advertising. Oh, I, that I didn't realize. People I, who donated the okay, items. So, so I was I was under the impression that like because they weren't available in Canada, it was kind of this like back back room shady deal. Where, are you like, worried that like the feds are gonna yes, go after yes. the person because, who donated the because items? We had the Amazon items, and we had there were the spectacles with a few items that like weren't technically like kosher in Canada yet. 
and I don't want to go to jail. So I just. How is anyone supposed to trust the authenticity of this podcast if they can't trust you to be open with? Well, them? now they certainly will because you're calling me on the authenticity. Authenticity. Out of so, interest, can you actually buy um, uh, those things in in, in Canada yes, now? Yes, you can. The, all of the yes, Alexas and things. Not spectacles, though, which is no. odd because they've had trouble selling those. No. So n- not only is the company that donated them a publicly known, but the whole point of the donation was so that they might become publicly known to people in Canada because their their service, their business, is all about buying things. For people in Canada when you can't get those right. things because they're not available in the market. So the company is Wantboard. I believe it's wantboard.co. And it's Clement Lowe, who's the founder. He didn't attend Fireside. He wasn't able to, but he very graciously did contribute to our silent auction by providing us with a Google Home, an Amazon Echo Show, Show? I believe, and Snap Spectacles. So and all all three items got bid on and got purchased, um, and we we still stay in touch with uh, Clement. So Clement, thank you very much for those donations. I was just saying I was I was you were you were miming. I was miming to Dan to move his head into the microphone. Move it into the microphone. Well, no, no, no. move it like directionally to the microphone because I know I think you were googling um, some of the Amazon products or something at the same time. And I was I was using my hands to will your face back to facing the microphone. I was going to ask you a question on that company. So it's so, wantboard.ca. Wantboard.ca. So will Check they do? Out. Will they do large items? Like will they do like a Tesla Model Three? Like will they do? How would they get one in the first place? But you can also order. You can pre-order a Tesla Model well, Three. In I'm Canada. assuming though that the American orders were probably prioritized. And get it in 2020. Right, but then that would require them to get a spot in line. Right, like line holders. Line holders. Um, Your internet is incredibly slow here. Is it? Yeah, all morning. Has it been slow for you? I, I don't know. I'm going to go on LTE. Are you? It's a good idea. I don't think I have a choice here if I want to load the website. Uh, so I'm trying to think of what else on the on this silent auction and the auction in general. Right, so... So this year, I think actually, Dan, um, you know, our, our push in the last few years on the live auction has been oh so, wow, yeah. Home just pods. to give you a look at at some of the items, I think that are quite popular. They have the Ember ceramic mug, Nebula capsule, portable Pico projector, Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo Spot, Amazon Echo Look, Google Home Max. So these are all items that we cannot order here in Canada. Oh, this is awesome. You still can't get the HomePod. Wow. No, I had to go to New York to get the HomePod. To get you your HomePod, we had to fly to New York <laughs> and then ship it. By the way, I'm I'm so surprised how fast that HomePod came. But that's a whole other story. It's actually very good products in here. We'll definitely uh, reach out to Wantboard, so kudos to you guys. Yeah, that... Um, sorry, go on. No, no, go on. No, please, I was Tom. just gonna. I was gonna say that that ember mug. That's like a self-heated coffee thing, isn't it? Yeah, the bottom of it is heated. Uh, I was gonna mention just on the auction piece that uh, Dan, like in, in previous years, we've uh, featured on the live auction tickets to Fireside. Oh it's Jesus, a, that mug is a hundred and thirty dollars. That is a lot of. That's that's, that's quite a lot of dollars for a mug. Even heated Pike, one. Pike Place roast from from Starbucks. 
I was just on the I was just on the topic of um, live auction, Daniel. Uh, and you were saying I was saying that in in the past we've done fireside tickets as like our main feature on that live auction. So you know this year I think we can start our focus onto finding really great products. Maybe it's through Wamboard or maybe through uh, other partners to basically say we're going to live auction some of these items. Well, one of the issues that we ha- we've had in the last two years, and it really surfaced in in the most recent year, and I think that we want to try to improve for next year. And Tom, maybe you'll have some feedback on this. There is an issue like when when we are auctioning off the, for example, deluxe cabin at Fireside. Number one, the starting bid is usually quite high. So by nature of the thing itself. Right. Saul has always started that. Saul is the one who does our auctions and he's always started it off at quite a high bid. So right then and there, that discriminates against a large portion of our audience that doesn't want to necessarily get stuck committing five hundred or a thousand dollars because of the nature of the way the auction is conducted. So we need, and then we we usually only have a couple of items for that live bid. So we're losing out on a pretty big opportunity to raise a lot of money in smaller amounts from a lot of people in that live auction. So we need to brainstorm. We need to figure out how to get more people involved in the live auction. Right. Making because if you feel like if you know that the item is going to end up going for four or five thousand dollars, right? You're not going to involve yourself in the auction if you're not right. If you know that the highest you can go is twenty, thirty bucks, right? More lower cost items. I mean, just- exactly. Um, and actually, now that we're brainstorming, or I'm not sure if brainstorming on our podcast is a good idea, but I mean, why the heck not, right? Isn't that what the podcast is for? I, I think so. Um, so the last few years, we've obviously, as as Fireside, done a done a donation. Um, perhaps maybe this year, what we can do is give everyone, uh, you know, a ten dollar Fireside token or whatever it might be, um, to basically say every Fireside attendee is getting ten dollars to put towards the auction. Um, if they don't use it, obviously, we'll still be committing that amount to charity. Um, so everyone that walks in the door for the live auction gets, uh, 10 or $20 or whatever, whatever that amount is we decide on, um, which is essentially their starting bid. Um, so we're committing that we're essentially starting off, off that bidding for, for, you know, whatever that prize might be. So if it's a, if it goes for 50 bucks, they're in for 30, we're in for 20 or, or 10 or whatever it might be. Thoughts? Sounds, yeah, sounds interesting. I like, I like the idea of one of the, the prizes maybe being some kind of a, Special snack, maybe some kind of some swanky food. Just what we need to give even better food, right? You know, like in Survivor, how they would have the auctions and you could put your money towards like, did you ever watch the reward challenge? Right. And you could get like a ton of peanut butter. Exactly. And people would pay 150 bucks for it. Yes, 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 yes. But even like nice wine that we could get, you know, if, if there's any wine importers to kind of enjoy around the campfire or like an hour of Wi Fi. Yeah, an hour of Wi Fi. A helicopter ride, maybe, uh, maybe you know, uh, get get Carl? a helicopter. I was thinking Carl could come out and uh, do some helicopter rides. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff we could do there. Um, so in the interest of uh, time and and scheduling, what do we have up next? What's the interest of time and scheduling that you're worried well, about? We have to be gone in forty minutes. That's quite a lot of time, is it? 
I'm not sure who wrote this one down, um, but uh, Adam Kaplan, one of your ski. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure who wrote that down, but I think we, we obviously it all. It wasn't know Adam. me, and it wasn't Tom. It was, it was me. So, uh, hi, Adam. I think you're away, or you were away. Um, maybe by the time this airs, you're probably home. Um, but I know you were in Costa Rica, which you represented our uh, our one download uh, from from Costa Rica. So, weren't you supposed to get the copy of the photo that he? Posted so I could post it on our Instagram. Yes, I was. I was. Are you going to do that? I will do that. Great. I will make a note. Um, I will make a note. But we should absolutely do that. So uh, Adam actually is our let's let's say you're you're our head of ski. Um, everyone who's basically been out uh, in the water going water skiing or wakeboarding or kneeboarding, whatever they're doing, um, thank you to Adam uh, and his crew for uh, taking you water skiing. Um, Adam has been part of the Fireside community since the beginning. Um, he's a tech geek uh, in his own right. And uh, actually, Adam, I think you'd be a great uh, guest on the show one day. So I think, you know, we, we should definitely explore that. Um, but thank you for all you do. And thank you for listening to the podcast out on vacation in Costa Rica. And thanks for taking me skiing last summer. How was that, Tom? You get around the lake? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. He's a very patient guy considering how... Uh, useless i am at anything kind of sporty well if i yeah if i was doing his job i'd literally rip someone's head off because i'd be so impatient that they're not getting up on one or two skis are you a skier dan i can ski yeah yeah not very well you can get up on one or two oh we're not there's no conversation here where we're talking one ski right it's it's two and then have you ever dropped a ski not intentionally right it's been okay so this year i've always wanted to get up on one um, and, and I'm going to make that happen this year. Uh, let's get you to drop a ski this year. You're going to get up on one ski. Yes. What's the bet? I'm going to hold you to that, Steve. Yeah. I'm not buying this at no? all. No, not for a second. I'll bet you, I'll bet you a, I'll put 200 bucks on it. Wow. I'll put I thought 200 you were, bucks, 200 you were just bucks. going to put a pizza on it. I'll put 200 bucks to whatever charity we decide. This is personal, not fireside money. 200 bucks to our, uh, Whoever is our ultimate live auction um, partner, I will put $200 that I will get up on one ski. Uh, it, it, now, I should say it might take 15 tries, but I will get up. For how long? Uh, oh, once I'm up, I'm up. I'll be able to go around the island. That's not a problem. <laughs> You're going to go around the island yes, on one ski? Yes. one. That for sure I can do. It's the Have getting you done up it before? Piece. Oh, like I can drop a ski and go around the island. No problem. Oh, okay. So it's just a matter of getting up on the one ski. Yes, which is... You see, I didn't know that you could drop a ski. So that changed. Like you didn't know that I was able bit. to do that. Yes. Okay. I thought the one ski thing was going to be a brand new thing for you. No, 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 no. Hmm. Well, there's no reason for you not to take the bet because you're not going to have to pay me $200. Uh, well, th there's one more piece of information I need to right. know. When is the last time you went water skiing? And when is the last time you went water skiing and dropped a ski? Probably like three or four years ago. In the last 11 or so years I've known Steve um, and we've been up at, at camp, I've never seen him water ski. I can't imagine him I've water skiing. I've never seen him within 20 feet of water. Yeah. I, let alone water How do you ski. think I keep up this physical feet, my physical nature? I'm, well, I'm a beast. Not to shame you, but the fact that it's been three or four years and Plus there have the been at, some right, transitions. Right. There's been some transitions. I am a little bit skeptical but you see, this is wrapping it in like if I don't want to have to pay this 200 bucks, then 
I need to get myself in in getting up on one ski. Are we shape. going wetsuit or no wetsuit? <laughs> no wetsuit. I'm just <laughs> letting it all fly. So what's the bet? Tom, so, are you going to jump in on this bet? I've got to take the bet down. The loser, if, if you lose, Fireside's paying that 200 bucks. Oh, that's an easy bet then because that means you're paying it. And no matter what. Either way, it's, you, you, it's a lose-lose. No matter what, <laughs> Charity is winning. But it's a matter of, oh, I see. So yeah. there's, in no situation are you going to be out of pocket 200 bucks. Right. So we should get Kaplan in on this bet too. We should rope him in. I mean, I only lose because I have to watch you water ski. The question is, could the boat get me up? <laughs> and hold on. I just want to confirm, by the way, you're not going to be on the little arm thing. No, no, no. Not the boom. The, the boom. Not the yeah, boom. you're going rope. Not the right? boom. But what I should say about the boom is, and also kudos to, to Adam Kaplan, is I think there were some people that had never water skied last year, and they went up on the boom, and they thought that was you know a, a great first experience because it was you know easy to get up. They didn't have to worry about falling. You can kind of hear the driver. So that's always an option, too, for those. I don't know if we can have... Kaplan in on the bet because then he'll be right. in conflict of interest right. as the boat driver. The only way he could be in on the bet is if, oh, I see. But, but I think he's professional enough that he would do everything in his power to help you, so it'd all be down on Steve's ability. I think I think well, I, 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 I can't be certain that his professionalism would outweigh the inherent conflict of interest. You know, here. I'm going to wear a wetsuit, I think, actually, going back to the wetsuit <laughs> comment. I think it's just going to be better to just kind of hold everything yeah. together. Well, I mean, I thank you for wearing the wetsuit, yeah. This, this is actually a great transition. Uh, Dan um, and I love Costco. Dan loves Costco way more than I do, but we both still like it. And I love when he's roaming the aisles and sends me a picture of some some amazing things you've seen. Last week... Well, they when, have all the camp gear right, right now because it's the right season. So they have, they've got tents, sleeping bags, but most importantly, they have hammocks. They're, they're, uh, but they're not like the hammocks in the traditional sense of like the... Uh, like knit fibers. No, kind. they're like a just one piece of material, probably some sort of water, polyester, waterproofy kind of thing. And they have really easy clips to get up on the trees. So I think I think we're gonna buy a few of those and set them up around probably Sit Village. And yeah, and and as many places around camp as we can afford. But uh, another one you found was sleeping bags. Yeah, let's actually mention the sleeping bag deal because I think. Well, you and I have had gone to Mech recently, and we were about what is, to... What's Mech for our international... Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yes. so it's. I a, think we've talked about Mech previously. Have we talked about our search for the perfect sleeping bag? No, we've not. What would, right. what would that entail, the, uh, the, the perfect sleeping bag? Well, quite frankly, I don't really know because I don't know anything about sleeping bags, so it's mostly been Steven that's sort of on the search. Yeah, I, I think we need something that's probably, you know, not necessarily less than zero degrees in terms of uh, what it's rated to, but something warm that, that can be used in the fall for sure. Um, I think you want easy to pack, comfortable, yeah, and, you know, just right in terms of temperature right for the fall we like the when we went to go see them at mac we like the mummy ones the ones where there's essentially a hood i like those but but i don't like it where, where it tapers with your feet so your feet kind of go to a point i like it with a wide space for your feet at the bottom yeah so we were looking at ones that were more tapered and what i was asking and i don't think we got a satisfactory response was i wanted a sleeping bag that could sort of unzip and turn into right. a, a, a full-on comforter but if you wanted to zip it back up into a sleeping bag mode, then you could do that as well. And they didn't seem to have a great solution for that. Now, key dog has, dog has taken a very loud 
toy. I'm going to make sure to take that away from her. I'm sorry, Stella. You can't interrupt our podcast. She's looking at oh, now she looks very now sad. She's looking very sad. You have other toys, sweetheart. You have other toys. Um, on the sleeping bag piece. So, oh, right. So another key sleeping bag feature for those that want to pack them very tightly are one of those. Um, they're like a sleeping bag holder that have straps on them. So you can actually pull down and let the air out and pack them very, very tight. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is, is we'll probably still go to mech for our sleeping bags. Cause we'll be using them for, for years to come. But I do know that Costco had some pretty good deals. Yeah. They had, uh, I think a $40 Coleman sleeping bag. I think it was only rated for 12 degrees. Right. I, I, I yeah, you'd have to go in and take a look, but it, I mean, Costco is, well, Stephen already said it's the best. Well, we might, I mean, between the sleeping bag and maybe some, some extra blankets and, uh, perhaps some swag that we're providing our, our attendees. I think uh, you should be able to stay nice and toasty off a camp. Tom, what's your usual bedding arrangement? Do you have a sleeping bag or do you just come with comforters and blankets? Well, I don't. I, I take whatever's given to me because I'm packing light coming from the UK. <laughs> right. Um, so really anything. But but if, if I were to choose, I think, yes, a nice, um, a largish sleeping bag is great with some sheets on top. Um, I, would, I would always go for a, like a sleeping bag designed for, for, for warmer conditions that you can then either put a liner inside or some blankets over the top so you kind of have a choice because I hate being too hot in a really thick sleeping bag. Right. And especially if it's the mummy one and it's like the middle of the night and you can't really get out of it easily and you're so tired, you don't want to move. So you just... You just choose the uncomfortable nature of the warmth over the uncomfortable getting out of the sleeping bag. Which actually brings me to, to a question for you, which is going to be a perfect segue, I think, to our next show piece, which is we have we have a piece coming up listening with Erica, which I'm assuming is, is your show note. Um, but would be weird if it was your show. Note. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, I've been listening with Erica. Uh, just kidding. Um, so like if, if you and Erica or when you and Erica are up at, at camp at, at Fireside and you want to share a bed, uh, what is the protocol in a sleeping bag? Would one unzip and then put the sleeping bag as a duvet? So that was actually the other reason why I was looking for a sleeping bag that could unzip into more of a comforter style. Because I imagine like when Erica was up at Fireside, we were on the top bunk where the two are connecting. So we were sharing one sleeping area. It, it, would be great to then put it into duvet mode and uh, and sleep that way. But when I'm up there alone with you or with Tom or whomever, it would be great to have it in sleeping bag mode. Yeah, so you either have one at the bottom, one at the top, if, or, or you can sometimes actually zip the two together to make a larger double-sized sleeping bag. There's not a great thing going on right here. you got to do something with the dog. The dog is scratching at the door. Maybe she needs to go out. And they- she just went out like 10 minutes, 20. How long have we been recording? 36 minutes ago. Why don't you let her out again? She might bark, but let's do that. So I wanted to ask you both. Have either of you listened to the podcast with your significant other? No, Melissa won't listen to it. I think that uh, it's, not, <laughs> it's no knock on the quality of our podcast. It's just I... I just don't think she has the interest to 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 listen to me babble on for any moment of time, even if it was five minutes. What does that say then to those who are listening to you babble on? Uh, like she gets enough of it right. throughout the day and evening right. that the last thing on earth she wants to do is like add to that excruciating. I, I won't call it pain. I hope it's not pain. 
But um, yeah, like I, I, I think that's why. I mean, I'd hope that one day, you know, once we hit like 200 listeners, she's going to want to listen. Tom, do you have a significant or insignificant other that has listened? No, I don't. So I, I was, uh, you know, I'm very proud of the podcast and Erica, of course, subscribes and listens, but I've been listening to the podcast on our HomePod every week when it comes out. And usually Erica's home when I'm uh, home listening to it. And I just, I feel quite bad because she already has to listen to me talk to Steven on the phone like 19 hours a day. And she has to hear all Which of that. Which is essentially live. this podcast too, right. right? It's just a phone call. Right. So, but then now she has to listen to recorded conversations right. of right. us talking. And you'll notice I've, I've been leaving more of the bickering in as well. So she must love that. Well, because that's, that's our pure relationship, right? That there's, this is unfiltered. Kind of unfiltered. Somewhat filtered. Maybe 85%. Yeah, if, if we truly let unfiltered Stephen out into oh. the world, we'd have all sorts of problems. I mean, we, yeah. we had some of it last episode, but <laughs> that will never. Th- those are for the archives. Yes. So, does she? What does she think of the show? Well, so I'm okay. This leads me to another point, which is I'm not entirely sure if she listens to the show or if she kind of just tells me she listens to the show. But if you're listening on the HomePod at home, no. So she's listening during that period, but. Maybe she's only in the room for half of it, or right. I'm only listening to the the latter half of it right. because I was listening in my AirPods before. Now, she claims she listens, but I'm trying to think of a creative way to really verify whether she listens. Right. And uh, I, I'm... Do you want to propose part, on air? Well, so th- that's where I was getting to. Okay. And I was just kind of hedging in my, in my head the appropriateness of bringing that up. But uh, I certainly had this one thought or idea that... If there were anything that would pique her interest and get her to immediately message me and confirm that she's listening would be an on-air proposal, which I'm not going to do. Oh, wow. I, just, I thought we were about to I just to got so excited. <laughs> I was going to get ready no, to no, fade no. the music in. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. You can so, still fade it Tom, in. You'll you just have to cut it off. absolutely still be playing music here to, uh, you know what? You know, just like I really think sinister should... organ. Yeah, so so I like this plan. Keep going. Yeah, so Erica, dear, my love, if you're listening, this is not a proposal. And that actually should incite just as, as uh, I should say, emotional of a response as perhaps an actual proposal might have. I, I just think you should go for it and propose Let's right go for now. It, do it. Because I think you should take the chance that she's... I, I just... I don't think she's listening. So you're saying I... Give the proposal, and then I just kind of leave it up to whether or not she hears it. Yes. To determine yes. whether or not I'm exactly. Or like this is the official proposal right, right. now. You give is it and whenever she, though, whenever she decides to respond, take an interest in my exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. What a plan. What a plan. <laughs> what if we did a, a time limited proposal? I don't want her listening to this in three months. Well, when is this ep- episode will come out Wednesday or Thursday this week or whenever. What day is it today? Monday? Sometime this week. Yeah. And l- well, we do pay Tom top dollar, so Yeah, so why don't we why don't we cap it at two months? Two months? That's a lot of time. To have an open proposal? There could be other offers by then. You never know. <laughs> yeah, well she she uh, certainly might want to take those up. Oh, this is great. I just got oh, I kinda don't really want to tell you because it was I a wanna, bit of a surprise. I see it. No, I, I kind of don't want to show you. I just got 
WhatsApp. This is going in a totally different direction. Yes. So I just got a message from Caroline, who is our supplier in China, uh, who helps coordinate a lot of our purchases from China. And she was just sending me a a picture of a sample of an item that I ordered that you actually don't know that I ordered, but it looks great. Yes. Yes. So that the was color's a bit off, but that it was looks a great. teaser for me. Will I see this before Fireside? You will. Yes. In fact, many people will. Oh, really? Yes. Or you're keeping this a surprise for me because I very much like that. Yeah. You don't even you don't even know what it, you don't That's know anything amazing. about this. Yeah. Well, c- because you're being a little like secretive about this, not a little fully, almost fully secretive. Um, can I at least say what, like, what you gave to me this morning? No. Really? Absolutely not. That's a surprise. I don't know about that. We can tell Tom. No one is listening. <laughs> no one is listening. Oh, or, just, but, or just text it to me or something, or a photo or whatever, so I can have a look well, and respond. Tom, to here's a quiz for Steven to see how well he's been paying attention. Because if he, if he has been paying attention, he's going to be able to guess what Caroline has just showed me. So, Steven... Do you know what kind of factory Caroline is primarily working for these days? Something in printing of sorts. You're very much incorrect. Oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you're I thought she was some kind of printed something. Nope. Really? T-shirts? Nope. Uh, Fidget spinners? Nope. Mugs? Nope. Foxconn? She's not working for Foxconn. So not on electronic. Nope. You could probably figure it out with a good game of 20 questions. Okay, question one. <laughs> let, let, no, let's see if you can do it. She works in some kind of printed material company. Printed material? They do like, they do like um, marketing. They're like uh, Jenny Mark kind of thing. <laughs> let's start, Okay, let's start a... Guess the swag item. Twenty questions. It's well, not, no, because oh, you won't. You won't answer. No, it. I will answer it if you get it in the twenty questions. I think. But I, I will tell you one thing. It's not technically a swag item. I think it's. It's. Is it a part of a wearable? No. Oh. It's a marketing support material. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give you twenty questions, Tom. Feel free to. No, but you're not going to gonna answer because you don't want. To, no, I will one hundred. I know. I don't want to know the answer. Why? I don't. I want to be surprised and delighted. I mean, it's definitely the worst game if you don't want to know what the answer is. Is it some kind of writing writing utensil? She's in some kind of writing thing. No. Something. Is no, it? You're all wrong. What is it? If you don't tell me what it is, I'm going to say what I what I'm wearing on my feet. Is it? Is it anything in the stationary area? <laughs> yes. That's yes. Right. I, I'm going to go with yes. I, did I not at the beginning? Well, it's not stationary, but it's Tom said in the stationary area. It's some kind of a book or some kind of like a like a like a moleskin kind of thing. It sounds like you're trying to play twenty questions without playing twenty questions. <laughs> yeah, here. It's some kind of so a moleskin kind of thing. Or okay, those show notes, journal notes. Let's go. Twenty questions. Uh, do you write on it? No. Does it write on something? No. Is it electronic? No. Does it serve any practical use other than just having the logo on it? No. Well, I mean, it, yes, it has some practical utility, but you are correct that other than having the logo on it, there's not much more to it than that. But I, I feel I would feel not 
that I, that I would not be totally answering correct if I said it has no other utility. I mean, the, you, the item itself has a utility, which is you why we're it? getting it. No. Five. We're five questions in. Um, I think Tom's actually been doing the best. Hmm. It's not a pen. It's not. This is too many questions. I. Is it a... I'm not sure, and listen, I haven't played 20 questions that many times in my life, but I don't know if the best strategy for 20 questions is just to ask if it happens to be 20 particular things. Like, you need to start very broad. Broad, and then narrow it down. Like, Melissa would be good at this. Yeah. She would, she would knock well, us we out kind of the park. We, no, Probably. we did start to narrow it down, because we kind of said it was in the stationary area. Um, and Yeah, but then Stephen was asking if you could wear it. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, like I already said it was in the stationary it, area. On, and he's it, asking if you could wear it. Is it, uh, is it, but then I asked if it could be written on and he said no. Correct. And then I asked, does it write on something? And he said no. Correct. But I also qualified my answer in that it is in these, it is loosely in the stationary area. It is a, it is a related and I should say tangential item. Is, is it in the stamp family? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. Technically, yes. Is it? Actually, not even technically, yes. I'm, it's yes. It is in the stamp family. Is it involve wax? Yes, it does. Is it a wax stamp? Yes, it is. Oh my God. It is a wax seal. A wax seal. So Caroline now Which is works. something we, I thought, had last year that we never actually got, yes, right? Yes, we got one sample of one last which year. Which looked great. Which looked amazing. We didn't move ahead with it. And completely coincidentally, Caroline, who helped us with textiles last year, moved to a wax factory. Wow. This year. And I hadn't been thinking about getting them again. And we we talked quite a bit. And she was showing me some items that the factory had just produced. And I thought, well, we might as well, we might as well go and do it this time direct from the source because we were buying them last year from a third party. Right. And they were quite expensive. So I, do you want to see the photo? Yes, I do. Oh, that's very, very beautiful. The, the issue, the blue is a little off. So I sent her the Pantone. So color. why? So, okay. Yeah. So she's just showing me these samples. Uh, but these will go on the back of some cards that were. So how do they work? Do they come with like an adhesive on them and then you stick them on? I asked her the same thing and she laughed at me and said, of course, they must. But my thought was some people might glue them. Well, because like, you know, the traditional wax seals, like you obviously heat up wax. And okay, then- so do you want to know the even hotter aspect of all this? Yes. They're, not only are we getting those stamps, she's making us a wax seal and she's sending us proper wax. Oh, that so is. So that we can actually do that's real amazing. That's wax amazing. sealing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's very awesome. So I, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. I was hoping to keep the rabbit in the bag on that one. Well, like you were the cause of the rabbit coming out of the oh, bag on oh, that. Oh, yes. I, well, like, I couldn't contain my you excitement. Were, you were pushing me to guess. You started from, there's no way I'm telling you, all the way up to... In a matter of 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And now you're like, look at my I waxy still, rabbit. I still can't say what I'm wearing on my feet. Tom, I'm right? going to send you a photo. Dan, what? I still can't say what I'm wearing on my feet, right? Correct. Right. Yeah, I think, well, Tom, what do you think? I kind of like the idea of keeping the... Wait, you... <laughs> you get it now? Yeah, the the uh, slow train has arrived right, here right, right. for me. I said it like four times, Yeah, too. I wasn't... I. I got up a little earlier than I normally do. You were up early. Yeah. Way earlier than yeah. normal. Daniel, you were about to say you, you're thinking maybe you want to still keep it a secret. Yeah? 
Yeah, well, I think one of the really one of the really fun aspects of coming to Fireside is is uh, taking a peek inside that swag bag and seeing all the amazing things that you get. And I think one of the fun things also for us in terms of procuring and putting together all the swag is that reveal that surprising reveal of it yeah it's all about the anticipation baby right and we're we're all big apple keynote fans and uh so not to draw too much of an analog between unveiling an iphone and unveiling a duffel bag but i think there is something to to the idea of working really hard on something for a long time and seeing it turn into a tactile good and then being able to reveal it to people rather than um, show them what you're working on throughout the process. Tom, a little follow-up from last week. We talked about the Jeff Palver and Andrew Warner Mixer G podcast. We, uh, we now can confirm that has been sent over to Andrew. Stephen and I have both listened to that podcast a number of times. It's pretty incredible how powerful of an interview that was and something that I, I really sort of forgot about in the moment. But what I did last week is uh, Andrew had asked, he thought that he remembered that podcast interview being filmed. And he asked if we had a video. And unfortunately, the answer was no. But I went back to look at all the photos that we had. And it turned out that the photographers were, in fact, recording some video clips. They're quite short, but there was a handful of them. So I spent uh, an evening last week with the podcast audio track that you gave us and putting the the recorded video clips on top of that to piece together a, a bit of a video the best that we could. So that we have as well. I actually should send that over to you, Tom. But it's number one, I wish we had the whole video, but it is great that we actually have bits and pieces of it. But uh, unfortunately... The best part of that interview to me was just at about the 17 minute mark when Andrew fell off his chair. We talked about this last time. So I have video recording of basically one second after he falls off the chair. And not so far before either, right? Right. We have like a lead up to that, then no video. Then, then it cuts away right. and then he falls off the chair and then we have him on the ground. So. It's a little bittersweet. I wish we had it. I'm glad we do have some video, but we we missed out on what was my favorite part. So are we gonna? Can we put that up yet? Or are we gonna wait until Andrew puts that on uh, in terms of the audio until Andrew po- posts it on Mixer G? I think we should let Andrew do the honors. Yes, right. I think so. First. So so let's actually what we're gonna do also is link to uh, Mixer G in the show notes because I'm not sure if we've done that yet. Um, but Mixer G really is one of our favorite podcasts. Um, we've been listening to it forever. Um, and we were so lucky to have Andrew join us last year. So, um, Andrew, we're looking forward to you putting that, uh, putting that up on your podcast feed. And then we'll do the same after that. You gotta talk with like some energy. Do I not have energy? Well, now in your response Spunk? to me, you have energy. Maybe, you're, you know why? You're maybe like that's, this. are you both still standing? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But maybe two feet away. Maybe that was because maybe that was because I was losing some some energy there. You're right. Maybe I, I needed like a shot of caffeine or something. Tom, did you come prepared with a tip this week? A couple. Well, I have one, but it's in two parts. Uh, just because there's very few things that I always make sure I take, and one of those is a portable 
camping mirror. It's a pretty uh, vain, vain comment. I huh? must say, Tom, you are always so well put together, and that, now that I is, know why. That, that is vanity at its best, Tom. I floss every day, and I, that's the only way I can really do it. Um, and then the other one... Wait, hold on. You need a mirror to floss? Yeah, I do. Steven? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I can't imagine why you would like, require a mirror to floss. Like, do you not need a... You need to find your teeth every time? <laughs> yeah, do you... Like, they're in your mouth. <sighs> the teeth are in your mouth. <laughs> do you not have... I mean, I don't know what you know, how, how things work. Tom, do like, you require a mirror for toothbrushing as well? I sometimes like to use a mirror for that. Like, yes, brushing my teeth, yeah. I think that's legit. Wait, you think that's legit? No, I don't. I don't think either is legit. Tom, Stephen is so concerned he's offended you that now he's saying needing a mirror for brushing your teeth is legit. Listen, you're coming from a guy that didn't have a mirror in his front door bathroom for two years. So like, Wait, you have one now? Yeah. Since when? Since... I was just here last week. I didn't see you. You were in there like 10, 20 minutes ago. Well, no. Like I was 58 minutes ago. No, I've only been in your oh, yeah, we got a mirror, bathroom. We got a mirror in there now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so You know what, Tom? I moisturize, you know, all these kinds of things. Wait, but like, you, you need, wait, you need a mirror to moisturize? What What do you think that, do you think there would be a big danger of getting a little bit of extra moisturizer? Like, <laughs> like it's not like sunscreen where you're then like going out into public and like seeing the the sunscreen on you. Like, presumably you're going into bed. It's not like that extra bit of moisturizer is going to offend your pillows. Like if I had a list of personal hygiene things you certainly don't need a mirror for, I think right. flossing, brushing teeth, and putting on moisturizer would be at the right. top of my list. Like washing I'll your hands, do you need a mirror for that? Flossing. Like flossing, I need to use a mirror because you can't see exactly where the little bit of... I have to get it between two hands. <laughs> I want to get it in exactly the right spot. Um I'm not. I, I also, I'm not really sure why you're giving me such a hard time about this. It's not unusual to want that someone to use a mirror when they're doing their personal grooming. Well, I think. Sh- should that, we talk about our feelings? Well, I, I just think that it, you're correct that it's not unusual, but that's because most people do their grooming in a bathroom where, incidentally, there happens to be a mirror. But I've never. No, no, no. Absolutely, there is a mirror there for the purpose, the explicit purpose of that. It would be a weird bathroom if there wasn't a mirror. <laughs> Which... So I'm bringing the mirror with me. Right. I'm happy with this suggestion. I have no issues with Tom's Tom's tip. I'm conscious of our time, and for that reason, I will I will move on from the issue. But by the way, I think that this segment actually should be titled "Tips from Tom," and it really should be Tom <laughs> driving the tips, and we we essentially are are grading him on how good of a tip that was. Well, it is also just quite interesting to learn the things that are important to someone right. when they're in an environment like right. camp. Like I will give you, I will. I know we just said they're tips from Tom, but I will give you my tip, and it's to actually triple the amount of socks that you were originally going to pack. Um, I would highly suggest going to Walmart or Costco, wherever it might be, and purchasing a pack of socks for Fireside, um, and knowing that you have at least two to three pair in a day. Um, this sounds a little nutty, um, and perhaps it's a little excessive. I'll give you that, but there is certainly nothing like putting on a fresh brand new pair of socks at camp. Um, listen, you're in the elements, you get dirty, you get smelly, you get, you smell a campfire. Um, but there's something refreshing about putting that, that brand new pair of socks on and putting your shoes back on. That feels, uh, that feels very, very nice. And, uh, that's always been a go-to of mine at camp. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that's my thought on that one. Tom, are you using a mirror to clip your nails? No, because I, I can look directly at the foot or the hand. 
I can't look directly in my mouth. <laughs> That's true. You really won't let this one go. Eh? I can't. I don't think it's that weird. I don't think it's that weird. I just don't. So, 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 Dan, you have a tip for us this week. It should be tips from Tom and tips for Tom. Tip: Leave your mirror at home. Yeah. No, I've got a tip. Uh, I've got a tip. When you're in the dining hall and it's and it's uh, lunchtime, do not forget the salad bar. The salad bar is uh, often overlooked, I think, especially by those who do not have special eating requirements and uh, who are going to the salad bar because that's uh, part of the, the main portion of their, of their meal. But I think the salad bar is a great supplement or start to any camp meal, and uh, especially in the, in the mornings, or is it the afternoons when they have the eggs, the hard-boiled eggs out there? Lunch, and then I think we also do it for dinner. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to make a mention on the on the soup and I, I sorry I don't know what you were saying in terms of when those the soup and when the egg salad and all that stuff comes up. What was your point on on the dining room? Just not to overlook that salad. Bar. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. So like deluxe salad bar. I think we also do a di- dinner salad bar if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the the soups are also great too. And I think also we do like hot chocolate in addition to coffee too. I think at least we've done that in the morning. Do sometimes. we? I've not now we have to, but I, I do know that's Tom. That's generally a thing that's out as well, right? There's normally hot chocolate with the with the porridge, right? Uh, oatmeal, oatmeal porridge, yeah, that's out of the breakfast too. Um, so that's all. Uh, that's all I got. All right, yeah, uh, all we got, and I think we have to get going. I do. Okay, guys. Well, thanks again. Have a great week. Thank you, and, and thank you to uh, to everyone out there listening. We're we're enjoying talking to you. If you have any suggestions. Or want to be on the podcast, which is something that we'll definitely do as the months move on. Message us at, do we have an email address or is it just info? Just info. Should we do podcast at firesideconf.com? I will suggest that we as just soon as info? we get our very first email. Okay. How, and, and we start yes. to be flooded by No, the but then influx. people are going to be confused because you've just said as soon as we get our first email, well, we're going to have podcasts. Then we can turn our minds to that. But given that there's we've had zero communication right. so far, maybe not an undertaking we have to take on at the moment. Right. Yes, a special prize for the first person to email us at info at firesideconf.com. And, and you know what? You're, whoever emails us first... Uh, you know, we'll we'll make you an honorary sponsor of that week's episode as well. I think the smart money is on Michael Crook. I think Michael Crook and Argus Software. Uh, that's what, right. I'm right on that. You got it. Uh, I think uh, you might be in the running. I think Adam Kaplan could be one of the first to email us. We're going to make uh, you and your company the honorary sponsor of of our next week's episode. So please email us info at firesideconf.com. That's all from us. Bye. Bye. Bye, Tom. <laughs>